Well, you can say hi if you want to. Hi, this is Howdy. Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Greg Lamont. Welcome to the Velocast. Nice, really nice, yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to the Velocast. With a somewhat late in the day rider transfer catching us unawares this week, we've decided this would be a good opportunity to take stock of all the musical saddles for 2020 and discuss what they augur for the forthcoming season. So to that surprising news, Rohan Dennis has been announced as the latest addition to Team Enios. The Australian was revealed as part of the 2020 squad via a short promo video on social media. And with, it's safe to say, Enios having underperformed in 2019, we ask, as a 29-year-old world time trial champion with, well, how can I put this delicately, a flair for the flouncing, <laughs> really what Brailsford's merry band of GT crushers needs to support them in their three-week endeavours? Of course, as I pose that question out loud and, and realise exactly who I'm posing it to, I fear we may already know the answer, as in John's eyes, testers fall fully formed from the loins of Zeus himself. I'm just looking forward to a team with both Rohan Dennis and Gianni Moscon in it. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be like a soap opera every week, isn't it? I mean, you'll have one flouncing off and one saying entirely racially inappropriate things. Uh, with all the while, ten years from now, the Freeman case still bubbling away in the background with tales of uh, Shane Sutton and McDonald's toilets and all sorts of stuff. So I think Rohan Dennis may actually be a PR coup. Forget his performances in the road. I think he's one of the people who will ensure that any of us are firmly in the news most weeks of the 2020 season. Well, that's an interesting takeaway. I, I, I wasn't one I was expecting, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, because... <laughs> I, I am confused. I, I don't know about yourself in all seriousness. I don't know how perplexed you are by this signing. I mean, it, it has been rumoured for the past couple of months, to be fair. Yeah. But it certainly did come as a bit of a, oh, really? <laughs> when I saw it the other day. And and looking at it, as I said in the intro, with, with 2020 very much on the horizon, Dave Brailsford, I'm sure, will be looking at next season as a year where quite possibly his team can win all three Grand Tours. We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. And the conventional wisdom is that your domestiques coast around in the time trials so they're well rested for the mountains. I can't imagine Rohan Dennis is going to do that, is he? No, he won't. I mean, he's a strong, strong time trialist, world record holder uh, in his time. Um, world time trial champion he's going to perform well in the time trials for the team I think he is genuinely going to be an asset though I mean if you think about adding him I mean I was joking, joking about him and Johnny Moss going but that's a couple of big engines for the team time trial so it'll bolster that side of the squad and we also need to remember the performance that he had where he finished second to Egan Bernal in the Tour de Suisse this year so with people like Woot Pools, who underperformed this year, and Diego Rosa leaving the team, I think Rohan Dennis will be a vital bit of that lead-out train up the mountains. So I think he's a good signing. It's whether he can be managed, that's the question. I mean, it's no secret that he's he's difficult. You know, he's got a strong personality, which, you know, top riders often do. It's part of their makeup some of the time. They're not all nice guys. Some of them are difficult. Um, so he'll need a firm hand in management. But if they can harness the power, literally, if, you know, that time trial and ability that he's got, I think he will prove to be an asset for the team. But it just adds to that 
you know, too many leaders and not enough Gregarios feeling that I had about Ineos when we saw they'd signed, you know, Richard Carapaz, for example. They've got some strong people coming in. Um, and with the rise of Egan Bernal, um, you know, the, the comeback, Chris Froome, that's an awful lot of balls to keep in the air for Dale's, Dave Brailsford and his backroom team. Well, I mean, as as I said, the the possibility of of all three Grand Tours going to Ineos next season is is there. Um, I mean, I can totally understand the horsepower thing, but it does for me come back to how that horsepower is channeled, and and you are surely with with, with all your eggs in Grand Tour winning baskets, having a rider who is going to focus on individual stages within that and an individual discipline mm-hmm. like the time trial it is channeling some of that that horsepower into an un, an unwise or unwelcome um output i mean we look at tony martin who isn't the time trial in force that he used to be but he's really really changed and i think to his credit that he is prepared to simply sacrifice any possible chance that he had in any time trial to be that i'm driving a bunch all day yeah i'm dragging the entire peloton for 200 kilometers and and good luck to you if you can keep up Uh, the other kind of a couple of things that that sprung to mind with with rohan is next year's an olympic year so how committed is he going to be to any one of those Grand Tour campaigns with with gold medal preparation surely also on on his mind? Um, and and the other part of of this is we mentioned the the, the famous flouncing out of of this year's tour, but and I'm not suggesting that other occasions were for similar reasons. But I think it is also worth noting that he's abandoned more Grand Tours than he's actually finished. And yeah. I, I, I'm I am really scratching my head as to to where where Rohan Dennis fits in at Enios, what they've got him for, and also for for Rohan Dennis's career. He has talked in the past about being a Grand Tour rider. I think that ship has sailed just by the the, the type of Grand Tour riders that are are coming to the fore now. I think he is very much a time trial specialist, and maybe in slight you know slightly contrary to to what you're saying as I mentioned I'm scratching my head here Uh, my first thought was actually they might have signed him as uh, a potential hour record attempter because you know Ineos and and Jim Radcliffe have done they did the marathon distance thing um, and there's been rumblings about an hour record attempt but of course they've got Ghana who after that stellar performance in the individual pursuit for me is more likely to get the hour record than Rohan Dennis the one thing, I mean, you listed all the difficulties, you know, the abandons of Grand Tours, um, you know, he's, he's rather bizarre flouncing off races. He might have been quite cheap. <laughs> it might actually be quite a lot of what for the number of dollars they're having to spend. And that's worth bearing in mind as well. As I say, it comes in to manage it. If they can manage him well, he'll be an asset to the team. But he can be a bit of a loose cannon. But Ineos, if they have another year like they had this year, next year with you know, the pedigree of riders they've got there, it's going to be an absolute disaster. You know, they've got everything they need. As you say, Carapaz coming in, Bernal rising, Froome coming back. Um, we've still got Geraint Thomas, was still good enough to finish, you know, second in the tour behind Egan Bernal. So he's a real force to be reckoned with. It it would really amaze me if they didn't pull off a, a fantastic Grand Tour season in 2020 because they've got all the bits there. They just need to, you know, they just need to perform. 
the other thing I guess we really, really need to hope as far as Rohan Dennis is concerned is that I really, really hope he tried the Pinarello Belide before signing the contract. Otherwise, <laughs> we could have another flouncing. Uh, curiouser and curiouser, just as you know, we're going to do in this show is, is look at the, the teams rather than specifically individual signings, but how, how the teams are looking in terms of their, their in-goings and outgoings with, with riders. Curiouser and curiouser is that Enios have also signed a young rider, uh, Brandon Rivera from GW Shimano, who is another TT specialist. Yeah, there's something going on. Um, it's I, I genuinely think it might be about their ability to sit at threshold. You know, that mountain train that we've seen, which has been less successful in recent years, there's always been in my head a lot of correlation going back to the Benesto days between being able to perform a strong time trial and being the perfect mountain domestique because they share, you know, they share quite a lot. You know, it's it's all about pain management. It's all about ability to sit at the ragged edge of your threshold. And for a natural time trialist, that comes, you know, it comes as part of the package. You add in a power meter, everybody moans about Team Sky and everybody, or any of us now staring at their power meters. The time trialist doesn't even do that that much. It's about internalising that sensation of the, you know, the burn in your legs and the, the heaving of your lungs and the beat of your heart. So I, I think they're just putting together a train. Uh, a couple of other signings, uh, and, I, and I wanted to ask kind of overall you, you're feeling on, on who's in, who's out on any or you've, you've talked about a couple of the names. Um, the only other two names that have, have been listed going into Team Ineos are Carlos Rodriguez coming from Polar Tech uh, Cometa and Ethan Hater, who, as far as I remember, is a sprinter, which is a, a bit of an odd one going to, to Ineos. But but overall, what, what do you think about riders like Whoop Pools, Kenny Ellisond, uh, Diego, Diego Rosa. Yeah, David De La Cruz, all out at Team Sky and relative unknowns, apart from Rohan Dennis and Richard Carapaz, of course, coming in. Top heavy. I mean, it's top heavy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the guys they're bringing in are good. I mean, Hater is a good rider. Carlos Rodriguez, I'm less familiar with. Um, but they have, they're consolidating a really strong squad. It's whether they can manage the leaders, I think, that's that's the big question for me. I've got to say, I mean, we were talking before we started recording, and I did a spreadsheet with, you know, teams, riders who'd left, riders who were coming in and that sort of thing. I think it's going to be at least 2022 before I've got the hang of the 2020 transfers. <laughs> I mean, there's absolutely loads of them. I'm confused as hell at the start of most seasons anyway. It's going to be absolutely dreadful next season. There's people transferring. All over the place. It, it does seem to be a particularly busy transfer season. Although I'm sure I remember me saying exactly the same of of last year as well. Um, moving on to to other teams, I, I guess the the team who are looking to challenge Enios the most in, in terms of being a a, a super squad or, or certainly in, in the Grand Tours is Jumbo Visma. Our friend Derek Troy has has been talking about this for for months. I think he was one of the first to spot that the Jumbo Visma were really on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Um, only a, a couple of riders going going out from that that team. Nelson Paulus is off to EF Education first, and off to Wanty Gobert is uh, Danny Van Poppel. But they they do of course have a, a good few riders coming in. Um, 
Again, some some unknown or less well known uh, riders uh, like Tobias Foss coming from a, a Norwegian development squad, um, but the the big name of of course is Tom de Milan coming in there. And if any of us have got a potential top heavy look to them, I guess you could probably say something similar of Jumbo Visma. Yeah, it's exactly the same problem. So much talent at the top. Uh, the guys that are coming in, the only one I'm really familiar with is, is Fingston, who's coming from Bora Hansgrohe. Um, but Tom Dumoulin is their huge signing. Now, we've seen Roglic this year absolutely develop as a Grand Tour rider. He's been magnificent. You know, there was that absolutely purple patch of form at the start of the year and then came back at the end to finish the year in fine style at the Vuelta. Tom Dumoulin has had, you know, a terrible year. Um, that injury he gained in the Giro effectively wiped out his entire 2019 season. He's been out, we've seen him do uh, a sand race where he finished, I think, 7th or 8th or something. He's looking very, very lean. I mean, the pictures we're seeing of him already, that metamorphosis into Grand Tour rider that we've seen happen to him, you know, from, from his magnificent time trial and days, looks to have taken another step forward. If the knee's healthy, then... You know, I I really hope we will see Tom perform at the level that we expected of him you know, in this year that's just passed. But again, it's a management issue. You know, Roglic will have very very elevated objectives now after his two thousand and nineteen season. Tom de Milan is already recognised as one of the premier Grand Tour contenders based on his performance in the Giro and other strong performances in recent years. I actually think Roglic is the better of the two going forward, uh, but it's a close-run thing and Tom's ego is is not renowned for being small. So he'll want he'll want to you know hit the ground running as the head of that team, whereas Primoz Roglic will want to consolidate the strong performance he did in 2019. So they'll need to be managed, their objectives will have to be clear. But what you've got there in two teams is a real concentration between Ineos and Jumbo Visma of you know most of the really good Grand Tour contenders. There are other guys that we'll talk about who have you know who have moved to other teams. But if you're looking to to make your fantasy team of Grand Tour contenders, most of them are contained within those two teams. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing that kind of struck me as you were talking there about Jumbo Visma is that both of their top GC riders possibly unlike Enios are or have come from time trialling. You know, mm -hmm. you, you talked about Tom de Milan there. You can say the same of, of Primoz Roglic. He's a, he's a very, very strong time trialist who has developed into a, a climber as well. Yeah, that's um, how he first came to notice was as a time trialist. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, you tend to find that the Grand Tour riders who are time trialists like that will look to go to the the Grand Tour that, that supports their, their abilities and there's of course nothing wrong with that but I'm just wondering whether there's going to be an added frisson to, to the fight for who's going to take which Grand Tour in 2020 in, in those yellow jerseys. The, the, the word is that Tom actually wants to go back to the Giro. Um, which I think that would be the sensible option. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to ease back in, but it's strange to say, because he's still not an old man. The years are ticking by. You know, he's got that first Grand Tour under his belt. Um, if he is genuinely wanting to make the step up to the Tour, he's got to do it sooner rather than later. But going back to the Giro might just remind him of what it's like to be, you know, the Tom de Milan that we saw win that race. Um, and, you know, send Roglic to the Tour 
He's developed enough. He's learned so many hard lessons this year that he might be ready. It's seeing what Ineos and Jumbo Visma do with their GT guys is is one of the things I'm really looking forward to in 2020 because any of these guys we've talked about could shape a race. And once you get a mix of two or three of them going to the same Grand Tour, you can start to you know picture what's what's going to happen, how it's going to play out. So it's it's an exciting time to be a cycling fan. I mean these are these are some of the best GT guys we've seen for absolutely years. Mm. Uh, moving on to another GT team, if in name only, really, or, or expectation, rather. Uh, Movistar, a lot of ends, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a lot of ends, a lot of outs. <laughs> Certainly a team that has been shaken about by, by their own idiocy at times over the past few seasons. Uh, the big names going out, of course, we mentioned Richard Carapaz off to Team Enios, Nara Quintana to Team Marquia Samzik, Mikel Landa to Bahrain Marida, but there's a, a few guys um, who have been important for the team out as well. Um, Yasser uh, Suterlin is, is away, winner Anacona uh, is off to Arkea Samsic with um, uh, Nairo Quintana uh, Carlos uh, Barbera is off to Dimension Data Rafael Valls is off to Bahrain and uh, Ruben Fernandez is off to uh, the Foundation Uskadi team Coming in, Enric Masses is the big uh, name, but mm-hmm. along with him comes Dario Cataldo Davide Viela um, and I think that's really all in terms of the big names. A lot of riders coming from from smaller teams. I, I see. It's funny, actually. I think the riders that have left would make a better Grand Tour team than the riders that they've got. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was looking at that that list, you know, when I pressed sort on my spreadsheet, and I went, "That's a really good fantasy cycling team." <laughs> uh, you know, Carapaz and Nairo Quintana, Mikel Wanda. Now, there's a trident that you could use, isn't it? Um, I never. I, Thankfully, we would hope that the word Trident is only going to be used in one context only in 2020, and that is in the race which has it as a prize. No more Movistar Tridents, please. I actually, I mean, genuinely, they've lost some incredibly strong riders. Um, But what they have left is, of course, Alejandro Valverde, who is in the twilight of his career, but still showed himself a force to be reckoned with this year. Their big signing is is Henrik Mas. Now, he's been tipped for a long time by Alberto Contador as the next Spanish Grand Tour sensation. He's going to a team that throughout its various incarnations has been very, very strong in Grand Tours. I mean, the, the confusion and the bafflement that we've felt watching movie star race in recent years hasn't always been like that. And if you take away you know, the, the, the surplus of top guys they had then maybe they'll find a focus and Enric Mass will develop, you know, because he was at the kind of quick step and still performed well in stage races. And if you're going to look at a team that's the antithesis of what you need for strong stage race performance, it's the kind of quick step. So I think this is a real chance for Mass to develop. Valverde, I think, is genuinely getting to an age where he's he's comfortable with his role within the team. It's still his team, but I don't think we'll see that you know, that edge, that abrasion which existed between him and uh, Nairo Quintana in particular. The guys that are coming in, the ones you mentioned we know about, there's a lot of young development riders coming in, or uh, was it G- Gabriel Culler from Team Wiggins Lacalls coming in? Uh, I I want to see how they fit into the team. You know, it's... Uh, the, the riders, I know their names, I've, I've never really noticed them race, to tell you the truth. 
But Enric Mas, I think, is a good fit. He, you know, he's moving to a Spanish team, which is over the decades had strong, strong performances in Grand Tours. And he's at that point in his career where he's capable of making that big breakout move. Now, he's unfortunate to be racing at a point where, you know, we're seeing the emergence of some all-time greats. But I think we've, we're going to see great things from Enric Mass, and I'm hoping that he can haul Movie Star up by his bootstraps to become the Grand Tour contending team that they were so often in the past. You know, some of my favourite moments watching Grand Tours were watching, uh, you know, watching teams that our new movie star. So, Enric Mas, do your job, mate. Valverde, be the road captain, show the young guy how to do the job, um, and the rest of them fall into line and, and just do what you're told. You know, this might be the way to solve that problem where they've got so many strong riders that they always win the team competition because their riders finish so high up, the GC, but they don't seem to be prepared to line out and sacrifice themselves with the discipline of some of the other teams. Maybe these young guys coming in is the solution to that problem. I mean, the dichotomy, I guess, is something that you've kind of skirted around the, the edges of, of there, just talking about Enric Mas and, and him being touted as the next big Spanish sensation for, for Grand Tour riding, but still, I feel, needs to, to develop into to that big Grand Tour rider. Mm-hmm. So you would kind of hope that Isabio Enzo has impressed on not only Enric Mas, but all the other riders and staff and indeed the sponsors round about him that let's give this a season. Let's just see how he develops. Mm-hmm. Give give him enough road to, to play with here. But counter to that is running this narrative that, that guys like Egan Bernal are, and, and Tajas Pojikar, for example, are only going to get stronger. So mm-hmm. there's a fine balancing act, I think, to be done across 2020 of, yeah, feel free to develop, but don't get left behind and in, in just focusing on your own development. Uh, you've got to measure yourself against... The likes of Egan Bernal and, and um, Tajaj Pojikar and, and the newer guys that are are, are coming through, uh, as well as you know Rodlich, who we, we we talk of as if he's three hundred and four, he's still a young guy himself, you know. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, it's I, I to a certain extent I feel a bit sorry for Enric Mas. I mean, he's a real talent. We've seen some super strong performances from him, but he is coming up at a point where there are some. You know, riders for the ages just starting their Grand Tour careers and he's got them to contend with. You know, if he'd been born immediate or at a point where he, he was coming to his peak, say immediately post Armstrong or whatever, I think we would see a rider who would win a lot more than he, he's got the potential to win with the, the crop of contenders that are racing just now. Well, I mean, of the crop of contenders, there's maybe a, a, a caveat to be brought in here, which is, you know, the, the Jan Ulrich ca- caveat, if we can call it that, is we thought that Jan Ulrich, when he arrived, was going to win everything going. It didn't mm-hmm. quite work out that way, did it? Uh, no. So, you know, we, we talk about Egan Bernal as if he already has five tours, five Tour de France's in his back pocket. That might not be the case when we look back at it. So, suck it and see, as they say. Uh, moving the only thing, well, sorry. The only thing I'd say about that is that Egan Bernal's head seems screwed on a bit tighter than Jan Ulrich's did. A head not to be turned by a pie shop, let's put it that yes, way. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about Tom de Milan, of course, leaving Sunweb 
unlike Movistar, I feel they're a team that, that has to kind of refocus. And a lot of people are worried about whether they can do that with the riders that they're losing, of course, in the shape of Tom Milan specifically, but also Leonard Kamner off to, to Bora Hansgrohe. Um, Max uh, Valscheid off to Team Dimension Data versus the riders they've got coming in. I mean, Taste Benut, I guess, is the the biggest of those names and and the rider that we're looking to see how he develops over mm-hmm. the, the the coming season. But another team, as I say, that we have got some question marks and some worries about how well they're able to cope with with the exodus that we've seen. Taste Benut's developing well as a GC rider. Um, He's still capable of, of strong, strong performances in the single day races as well. So I think he's a really good, um, he's an asset to any team that he joins. You know, he's got a lot of options when it comes to getting the team name out there, getting the jersey and the winner's podium. Uh, Suterland coming from Movie Stars, a good signing. I think what Sunweb have to do is find a way to, to reinvent themselves. For too long they were the team that Tom Dumoulin rode for and everything seemed focused on Big Tam. Um, they have to they have to reinvent themselves, get back to that uh, jack-of-all-trades kind of team, I think. You know, not be so focused on one rider that they seem absolutely without a, you know, without a captain at the helm, now he's gone. Signing a personality as strong as Benut, I think, is a good way to start that. So I don't think we're going to see them contend in the biggest... Uh, stage races Benut's capable of being up there in the top 10 on any day of the week but I hope that they focus on on a more rounded programme than we saw them pursue under Tom de Milan because it's a team with a good history you know we love Sunweb other than their terrifying promotional pictures with the the haunted you're not going to let that go are you (laughs) no I I still I I wake at night and I sweat dreaming about those things it's horrible but joking aside with, with Tish Benut, Nico Denz, Yasha Suterland, they've got the core of a really good single day race performance, but still able to get up there in the in the um, you know in the stage races. I hope they can reinvent themselves, and everything they're saying points towards the fact that they are able to refocus. They've said goodbye to the riders who've left them in a really classy way. You know, there's no kind of bitterness or anything, and they're talking the talk about, you know, moving forward for the 2020 season. They're a team I like. I think they've been a bit at sea with Tom being injured this year. I hope with him going away, they can take a step back and go, right, let's just let's just do our job for the sponsor, race throughout the year, and and see what happens in the post Tom era. I mean, there's certainly enough talent aside from the riders coming in there to to make good on on races where they've perhaps kind of let let their attention go about being so focused on on grand tours under or uh, under Tom de Milan you look at riders like for example Michael Matthews I think has been mm. underused as a as a as a great rider in in that team despite the victories he's had but elsewhere there's this guys like you know Soren Craig Anderson um Nico Dens um spring to mind uh, as well as you know old war horses like Nicholas Roach for example who who did so well at the the start of the the, the Vuelta this year mm-hmm. and and arguably kind of saved that that team season it was it was a real shocker that they had um largely for all the reasons that, that you've talked about 
But, you know, Sam Heumann, Casper Pedersen, there's there's a lot of good riders still within that team. Wilco Kelderman, of course, uh, being possibly one of one of the biggest ones that they've, they've got left. So you hope that they can refocus and become a different kind of Sunweb that they've perhaps, than we've perhaps seen before. Yeah, I think Tom Leaving could be the best thing that's happened to them. Um, I mean, he was obviously a huge asset to the team with his performances before his injury. But I think taking the focus away from a single rider might be the best thing that's happened to Sunweb for years. I'm looking forward to 2020 for them. Now, the team, I think that, well, certainly I picked for team of the the 2019 season, um, Deconant Quickstep. You can really only imagine them going from from strength to strength, and it'll be hard for for a, a team to eclipse them in twenty twenty out with of those that are specifically focused on on the the Grand Tours. Um, coming in, of course, their their big signing is is Sam Bennett, uh, but there's a, a whole raft of names coming coming into that squad. With yes, some riders going out. Chief amongst them, of course, Philip Joubert off to Lotto Sedal, uh, Max Rashegi off to UAE, Elia Viviani uh, going to to Kofidis, uh, and Enric Mas going to to um, to Movistar. But in the likes of Sam Bennett, Shane Archibald, uh, Davide Ballerini. They've got some, some riders coming in who are going to add yet more strength to, to an already impressive Deconic Quickstep. Yeah, this was almost the opposite of Movie Star for me because I looked at the people who were leaving and went, oh dear God, you know, that's gutted the team. Names like that, any team losing them, you're going to think, oh, you know, what the hell's going on there? You know, Max Rochese going to UAE, that's going to be, a, you know, if, 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 if Gaviria can refine his form, what a team, you know, what a team they were before. Um, Elia Viviani has been so good for the Kenan Quickstep. Philip Gilbert refound his love of the sport, refound his winning ways at the sport, at the, the team. Eris Kapeki, who's off to Barry and Marida, strong performer. So I'm looking at those people leaving and you're like, oh, how are they going to manage? Then you look at the people coming in and you go, aye, they'll be fine. <laughs> you know? uh, Sam Bennett is developing into arguably the finest sprinter in the world, able to win in a wide variety of people. I'm really pleased he brought Shane Archibald with him from mm. Hands Grower. Uh, Ballerini is a you know, from Astana, strong rider. And there's a load of young riders coming in. And for all that, you know, we moan about Pat Lefebvre, or I moan about Pat Lefebvre, he's shown time and again that he's good at picking riders. And he's good at developing riders. And he's good at instilling that spirit into them where anybody who can win for that team will be supported by the guys who aren't, you know, in a position to win themselves on a given day. So I'm excited to see how Sam Bennett performs in a setup where you know there's no there's no confusion about who's the sprinter. It's that that ethos of as long as the team wins, we don't mind. If Sam can stamp his authority early on in the kind of quick step, get them behind him, we might see. You know, we're never going to hear the likes of Derek shut up. You know, he's, he's just going to perform brilliantly, I think, if he can just get that flying start and get the team behind him. But the kind of quick step are going to be fine. You know, they've lost some big names, some strong talents, some people who've served them well over the years. But the signings, you know, they, they, it looks arguably even stronger. You know, it's an, it's an amazing squad for single day races that still pops up with stage wins in the Grand Tours and, a, you know, a sponsor's dream, which is why it was such a puzzlement that they they spent so long trying to find a sponsor recently because if you want a machine to get your jersey out into the public 
Pat Lefebvre has squads it. It certainly is. Uh, to the team, which of course Sam Bennett is departing, Bora Hansgrohe have essentially been Team Sagan for, for the past year. You can't imagine that that's likely to, to change with the exit of Bennett and Archibald. Um, they have a, a, a few other riders going out. Um, of course, the, the aforementioned Christoph Fingston off to Jumbo Visma. Uh, da- Davide Formolo off to UAE Emir- uh, Emirates is, is the other name uh, that, that's going out. Uh, but they've got a few riders coming in, uh, mostly young guys, uh, although Leonard Kamna, for example, from Sunweb and um, Matteo uh, Fabro coming from Katusha uh, are, are the biggest of them, I, I guess, coming in. No real change at Bora, would you expect? No, I think it's even more the, the Persigan show. I mean, they'll have decent shows from other guys. But in losing Sam Bennett and uh, Davide Formolo, I think they've lost two of the guys who, who maybe would be good arguments for not going four square behind Petter on the on the single day races. Um, you know, they've still got really good sprinters in there, but it's, it's still the Sagan show. Um, I think... We've seen Petter have a very quiet year by his standards. Um, I think the team will be completely focused on him in, in 2020 and none of these signings disabuse me of that idea. A, a team that's done really, really well th- this year, um, possibly kind of punching a- a- above their, their weight, although we now have to regard them as, as being a team to, to watch in 2020, or EF Education First, a team that was up until uh, 2019 really struggling. You know, you, you mentioned Patrick Lefebvre struggling for a sponsor. We all know the travails that Jonathan Vortas has had in, in getting sponsors in, but they really seem to have, have settled now under EF Education. And, and I've got some, some good riders coming in. Uh, Magnus Court Nielsen, I think, being one that I'd like to see how he does it, EF Education. Uh, a long-term... Uh, favourite of, of the Velocas, Jens Kerkeleer, going to, mm-hmm. to there from Lotus Sedal. Um, so some, I mean, Joe Dombrowski and, and Nathan Brown, Dan McClay, all going out to UAE Rally, UHC Cycling and, and Team Arkea Samzik, respectively. But it seems more like they're building than than losing in, in those names. No, I think Jens Kukler and, and Magnus Kurt Nielsen are fantastic signings for Education First. Um, I think they've shown that they're, you know, they're, they're outperforming their budget. Um, and these guys going are just going to help help that. I think Nielsen Paulus is going to be a huge asset for the team. And I think we're going to see them have a better 2020 than a 2019. Um, they're a team where... I mean, occasionally I get quite cross at Jonathan Waters for a variety of reasons, but he certainly put together a squad that that entertains us on a daily basis, and they pulled off some huge wins in 2019. Um, I think we'll just see them go, after that terrible two-year period where they didn't win anything, I think we'll see them continue to notch up the wins. Um, most recently, if you haven't seen it, Jonathan Vochter's beat, uh, beat Neil Rogers up a hill, and there's a story of that on cycling tips, and it's absolutely hilarious, so you should go and have a look at that. Um you know, I, I, I could have told Neil that he'd get beaten. These elite athletes can find form very, very quickly again if they set their minds to it. Um, 
But go and have a read of that and, and watch the team with interest in, in the coming season because I think they've got some strong signings and I, I can't see them doing worse than last year, can you? No, no, definitely not. I mean, I, I think... There was a lot of luck involved in, in some of the results that they had, but by the same token, there was actually some great racecraft. I, I spoke uh, about the Tour of Flanders being, you know, chief amongst them. Uh, Vortas has got them really well well drilled. They're settled now. And as I mentioned a moment ago, these new signings, I think, are adding to the team and, and they're, they're not losing. No disrespect to the riders going out, but I just feel that they've probably gained a bit more than than they've they've lost in and the the outgoing riders um Lotus Sedal uh, I've got some question marks over because the big signings are of course Felix Joubert and Joubert as we've talked about before has one thing on his mind and that is getting that that fifth monument before he retires John Degenkolb's a different kettle of fish. John, you kind of feel, is still back on the comeback trail after that horrific injury, uh, now moving on from Trek Segafredo to come to Lotto Sedal. And I think that will be quite a good move for him. Yeah, I, I hope John can find his feet. Um, Jules Bear, I think, will fit in absolutely fine at Lotto Sedal. You know, it's, it's basically your archetypal... Belgian team, isn't it? Um, and he's going to find his feet very quickly. It's a setup that he'll be comfortable with, that he's worked in similar ones through his career. John Degenkolb is a very different rider from Philip Gilbert these days. Um, I hope he can come back to the level before that accident. We saw flashes of that this year, um, but you know none of that. Quite interested to see John Dibbon join from Madison mm. Genesis as well. Um, they're losing some good guys though. Yeah. You know, Teespin out to Sunweb, we've talked about. Uh, we've talked about Jens Kukler going to education first. Yellowvan and Dert's leaving. And with my fondness for time trialists, Victor Campanerts is going to the team where careers go to die, Team Dimension Data. So um, it's. It's all Philip Gilbert, isn't it? I mean, it, it's it's all about Philip Gilbert with the the slight secondary story of can John Degenkolb rise to the top of the crop again? If Gilbert pulls off um, his fifth monument win, whichever team he is with when that happens, is going to die out on that for decades. So expect to see a big focus on Milan San Remo. But Gilbert showed us this year in strong races and stages, not just you know, not just single day races, he's still a rider at the very top of his form. Um, I think we'll see more of the Lotus Adele jerseys than we saw, with the exception, I think, of, of Campanerts and Time Trials and Tis Minute. I think they, they slightly underperformed this year, but that's not going to happen with Gilbert at the helm. I, I have a concern over Mitchelton Scott. I've noticed in the, the cycling press over the last couple of days, there's no confirmation of them having their world tour license renewed i'm sure as matt white was saying that it's it's just a form that needs ticked etc etc exactly and it will all be fine but putting that to, to one side the one rider going away from that team is matteo trentin and i think matteo trentin was the rider of of 2019 so I'm I'm kind of concerned a wee bit of of what's going to happen to Mitchell and Scott going going forward because it's not been the greatest 2019 for them, um, and the riders they're bringing in I I don't think add up to to one Matthew uh, Matthew Trentin. No, I mean there there's. Um... They've got the strong performances with the Yates brothers um, and I think they might just be hanging everything off that. 
Um, because you're right, losing Matteo Trentin is absolutely huge. You know, he's been he's been such a workhorse for the team. He's pulled off some big wins, um, and the Yates brothers are suffering from that that Enrique Mass thing that we're talking about. You look at the people who are rising to, towards the top in the races that they'd be looking to contend with, and suddenly you're looking at quite a crowded group of contenders. So, um. I think we'll see exactly the same kind of season we saw from them this year, but with fewer wins because Mateus left, to tell you the truth. Mm. Uh, I don't want to spend any time really on Katusha Alperson because, I mean, it just looks like the last chopper out of Saigon, that team at the minute. <laughs> Nobody in, everybody out. Yeah, the, the people who are leaving have got some good, you know, considering all of the kerfuffle around that team. Um, there's there's some good moves being made for the folk leaving, but uh, yeah, let's just move swiftly along. Eh? There's nothing to see you here. At UAE Team Emirates, uh, some riders going out. Uh, Dan Martin to Israel Cycling Academy, who we'll talk about in a, in a minute, um, is is the big name. Rory Sutherland also going with with Dan, but they've got some some names coming in. Joe Dombrowski, uh, David De La Cruz, Davide Formolo, Max Rochegi. So. A stronger looking UAE team Emirates because while they were a team that we associated with just having far too much money, with that came, I think, too little sense. They they didn't seem to be very focused. And, and I'm, I mean, I don't see a, an all conquering UAE team as yet, but certainly improving in 2020. Is that fair? I think that's very fair, and I think they've got two crucial signings. One is Davide Formolo. We saw him perform so strongly this year, second in Liège, Bastogne Liège. Um, just a, a brilliant rider, capable of, of a big win on the right day, so he's going to be an asset. But the absolutely pivotal one is Max Rochese, because you have strong sprinters, you know, maybe lost their way a wee bit in 2019. But Max Rochese has shown time and time again that he can find that, you know, that hole in the needle to thread that will carry a sprinter through to an unexpected victory. Um, we've seen him perform as a, a lead-out man right up there with Mark Renshaw in terms of quality. Yeah, add him to the team. I think we're going to see that jersey cross the line first far more often in, in the coming season than we did in the last one. Uh, Trek Segafredo, uh, we have to talk about it simply because of a, a few big names that are leaving and we've, we've touched on some of them, but more importantly, riders coming in, uh, Vincenzo Nibali being chief amongst them, but you also got Richie Poor and also Kenny Ellison coming from Team Enios. Is that a team that's going to work in 2020, do you think? Uh, I honestly have no idea. I've been thinking about Trek for about two days, actually, since since we you know started thinking about this week's show. They've got some big riders coming in. Um, you've mentioned them, you know, Kenny Ellison from Team Ineos. I think, you know, Team Ineos actually, the joke when he signed was, oh my God, they've killed Kenny. And I think they actually did to some extent because <laughs> he, he certainly failed to live up to the promise that we'd seen from him. I, I think this might be a place where he can he can find his wings again. Nibali definitely going towards the end of his career, but still one of the best racing brains in the business. Um, there's there's a lot of potential there, but I don't see I don't see a focus. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, they're, they're neither a single day team or a strong 
Grand Tour team, with the exception of, of Nibbles and Port, who's had flashes of, of brilliance, but never really managed to deliver in Grand Tours the way that maybe we expected them to. I, I, I can't I can't get a handle on what I expect from them. And if that's a problem from us from the outside, you know it's a problem for them on the inside as well. So I, we're going to have to see how it develops. There's a feeling in my brain that what they've got here is just a load of money and they're not sure what to do with it. Well, I don't think they've got a load of money. They've got an amount of money. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree that they have been somewhat rudderless. I mean, if you're a fan of Richie Poor, I suppose what you're hoping is that... By cycling osmosis, that race craft, that fine racing brain that you talked of in Vincenzo Nibali in some way is imparted to, to Richie Port because while Nibali is, of course, coming towards the end of his career, it could be argued that, that Richie Port still has a couple of good years left in him. And, and if he can feed off of what I mean, a huge amount of knowledge that, that Vincenzo Nibali will have it might be enough to actually see him through a Grand Tour without coming a cropper not to put too fine a point on it Yeah maybe but the big problem there is that Vincenzo Nibali he's a better rider than Richie True, <laughs> and true. He's, he's got that killer instinct that if he's in a sniff of a win he won't give a toss if Richie works <laughs> on his team you know he'll be off so uh, seeing him even at this point in his career settle down and be you know, the road captain, if you like, for Richie Port. I can't get that squared away in my head. You know, Vincenzo Nibali, I, I hate most nicknames. But Shark is actually quite appropriate for Vincenzo, you know, because he has that instinct to win. And he is a better rider than Richie. Even at, at this point in his career, you wouldn't be surprised to see him pull off, a, you know, an amazing ride in one of the Grand Tours or pull off some big single-day victories. I, I'm worried about Trek. I mean, I... I I can't see the focus. I just can't. Uh, to the team that, of course, Nibali is leaving, Barry Merida, in comes Mark Cavendish, Whoop Pools, Mikel Landa, Raphael Valls, um, Scott Davis from Team Dimension Data. It's not a name I'm, I'm hugely familiar with, but they've also got uh, Marco Haller, who I've always enjoyed coming from Katusha, uh, Pelo Bobao from Astana, Iris Kopecky coming from the Coining Quickstep, and uh, Kevin Ilnkeldar from Equipe Continental Grupama FDG. This is a really interesting team. Um, we'll lay aside our, our usual moans about ethics and cycling um, and just talk about the riders. Uh, Whoop pools, you don't become a crap rider in one year. You know, he's got the potential to be right up there. The same is true of Mikel Lander. Moving away from uh, you know the, the constraints of the trident at Movie Star um, and without someone who is obviously equal to him as a, a GC contender, I think we this is the best chance we're going to have to see the Mikel Lander that we expected to see. Uh, and Mark Cavendish, I'm, I'm quietly optimistic about Mark's, Mark's options in next year. Behave! No, I mean, seriously, at the, at the, 
at the press presentation, he looks as lean and fit as I've seen him look at the start of the season for years. Um, he's definitely at the end of his career. You know, this is, I'd be amazed if this isn't his last team, unless he has one of those kind of sad boxer who's a bit punch drunk and gradually drifts down the ranks, things that sometimes happens to sprinters. Um, but he's, he's looking fit, he's looking motivated, and importantly, the backroom squad are the ones that have raised him to, to heights before for, you know, for Team GB. Um, so I, I, he's not going to be the dominant sprinter he was in the past but I think we'll see a better Cavendish than we saw at Dimension Data but the interesting one for here, for me in this is definitely Mikel Landa you know, he's moaned about um, being under the thumb we've had the, the hashtag Freelanda, all that kind of stuff he's got no excuses here this team is, is his for the taking as a leader he needs to stamp his authority on it and Vincenzo Nibali leaving means the team have been set up for a GC guy in the past. You know, it's it's ready for somebody to come in and just take that place. And this is this is Mika Landis' chance. It's time to put up or shut up. CCC, really, I'm I'm no, I'm I'm left without many words or indeed many clues as to what kind of thing to expect from them next year. I, I kind of felt that 2019 with the the late change we had coming into to the season it was like let's give them a year there was a lot of riders going away from the team let's see how they kind of develop and I'm still none the wiser and I'm looking at the guys that are kind of coming into that team like <laughs> Ilna Zakarin for example or Jan you just Hert. picked them with a pin <laughs> I think you may be right that may be the only I mean it's, it's Occam's razor here isn't it <laughs> I mean, Jay, they've got, they've got Matteo Trent team. We've we've talked up Matteo already, and and said that Mitch Holton Scott will miss him. And CCC, he's going to be a benefit to the team. He's Matteo Trentin, for God's sake. Um, you know, Greg Van Avermaet, yeah, whatever. You know, he needs to come back to winning. But you look at all those guys that are coming in, and you think. Why did they sign them? You know, did they get a buy one, get one free? It's... Well, I mean, Fausto Masnada, for example, we're really impressed by, by him. And, yeah. you know, it'll be good for, for Swiss Tony to, to have a, a few more quid and a few more euros in, in the coffers for, for next season. But yeah, it, it does it does look like a team, kind of like Trek, but, but more so with less focus than, than even Trek. It's, it's an odd looking team. And the, the other team... That I want to before we, we focus on actually the final team and and the the world tour uh, is the aforementioned dimension data that Mark Cavendish has has left. They've got some riders coming in, but again, I'm 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 worried about what what's going to happen to them. Dylan Sutherland from Team Bridge Lane, who I have no idea. Uh, Max uh, Vashel from. Uh, Trek, we, we talked about, I beg your pardon, from Team Sunweb that we talked about, Mikael Gogol from from Trek, Victor Campanertz, Carlos uh, Babero from, from Movistar, plus a, a few young guys. But the, the, the folks that they're losing, like Cavendish, Julian Vermont, Tom Yelta Slagter, I think are are more important than some of the guys that they've got coming in. That team worries me deeply. I mean, I, I was only half joking with the, the team where careers go to die. Um, there seems to be no drive from the top. Um, and the riders... 
we've seen a f- the odd flash of no inspiration but motivation from the riders. There seems to be just a, a general lethargy almost to to the team, um, and I can't see that changing. Um, it's it's a damn shame uh, because you know we all we loved the team when they they sprang into. You know, sprang into our consciousness uh, with that unlikely win at Milan San Remo. Um, the work they do in terms of getting bikes under bums in Africa, everybody admires it. You know, Cavendish on leaving the team did a, a really good uh, bit of social media about why he joined the team and the, the good they'd done and all that kind of thing. But as a as a sporting endeavour, I'm... I find it hard to get excited about them at all now. Now, I think we've gone through every single team in the world tour. If we've missed any, I do do apologize. Oh no, we missed one. I know, well, I was going to say that there is one that I wanted to talk about because it is, or it does seem to be a team that is doing, (laughs) actually, I'm going to stop myself from the analogy I was about to use because it involved building and that's probably not a good one to be using in conjunction with Israel. But it is Israel... Startup Nation. (laughs) Israel Startup Nation, as I believe they're now called. Yeah, a lot of riders going to that team, aren't there? Uh, yeah, that that is a that is a lot of signings. Um, I mean, I think they've they've got a really good job lot from Katusha Alperson. Um, <laughs> it was just a, actually, a sack, a crate load of riders were dumped at the training ground. Yeah, like that bit where they deliver the Raptors in Jurassic <laughs> Park. You know, a, big, a big crate arrives, and then anyway. The riders they've got are actually really good, though. Mm. I mean, that's the point. It's not, you know, I was joking about, you know, buy one, get one free. These are classy riders, you know, Rick Zabel, uh, Madverts, Dowsett, um, Niels Pollock, all riders whose names we've seen at the front of races so often. Danny Navarro, you know, those Katusha riders have, are a real asset that I think consistently underperformed. You know, we expected people to perform so well at Katusha and they just they just dropped and and didn't live up to what we expected. Uh, they've got the ageing Andre Greipel um, coming in from Arkea Samzik. Now, he's one of those guys who is at an age where he can be a valuable road captain, which for a team hoping to develop, he could be a huge asset. You know, he's, he's a clever, clever rider. Um, so I, I think we're going to see an awful lot of strong performances from uh, Israel Cycling Academy Startup Nation um, in, in 2020. Um, the guys they've lost, Ruben Plaza, who was ancient, you know, and Zach Dempster, they're, they're both retiring. But they've kept the core of the team that we saw perform you know, reasonably well and they've added a whole bunch of guys who are, you know, if not setting the world on fire, good, solid, professional bike racers. Uh, and there's there's a basis of a great team there, you know, with Dan Martin for the the stage raid performances. So yeah, it's, there's there's some good signings, and that is a hell of a list of signings they've got. You know, they've they've, they've mopped up a lot of riders uh, from Katusha, but they're the good ones. So it's going to be interesting to watch. We'll see. And and what kind of team do you expect them to be? Is it going to be a a, a team that just tries to pop up as often as possible and snipe? Stages, one day races, or week yeah. week long races, that kind of thing. There's no, because I'm not seeing a, a a coherent focus here. It is just all about good individual performances. If you look through the, you know, thirty riders or whatever they've got now. 
Yeah, this is this is a stage sniping team, isn't it? Mm. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Guys popping off the front, uh, getting in small breaks and, and winning stages in week-long stage races and the Grand Tours. With Niels Pollitt, you might see them pull off a Roubaix win. You know, you, me and Derek were talking about his strong performance in Roubaix. He's, he's a brilliant one-day rider. And if you add the likes of Alex Dowsett, you know, we were talking about that sustained horsepower, then that could stand him well in the likes of a Roubaix. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I see them as a sniping team. No, that's that's a really bad say. <laughs> building and building and sniping. I really, doing I, well, I really we? didn't. I, I genuinely didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. Um, I see them as an opportunist squad, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if that's your focus, that is that's a good enough focus. Um, and I think we'll see the jersey cross the line first quite a few times in 2020. I really do. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, regardless of which transfers become the success stories and which the biggest disappointments, we can all rest assured that we'll spend the first part of next season getting confused as to why such and such is in the wrong kit. Anyway, I've forgotten them already. <laughs> join us next time for some more causes for confused looks in the next edition of the VeloCast. Cast.